I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Can a new trainer make a difference on a fighter's career? I sometimes think that it's hard to tell right away after the first fight. However, Joe Goosen and Amir Khan, wow, you know, maybe maybe he's already made a big difference because I'll be honest, I did not expect Amir Khan to blow away Phil Logreco within the first minute of the first round. The last time Amir Khan got a stoppage was all the way back in 2012, and that was after he'd been knocked out by Danny Garcia, and he stopped Carlos Molina, who was undefeated at the time. But after that, uh, in his fights against Julio Diaz, Luis Colazzo, Devin Alexander, Chris Algieri, it was always decision, decision, decision. And I was a bit surprised that... uh, he couldn't knock out Colazzo because he was just dominating him in such a manner that I thought, oh, a stoppage is going to be inevitable, but it never materialized. And yet, first fight with Joe Goosen as his corner, uh, he's, I, I, apparent, if I read correctly, Amir Khan said that Virgil Hill, or sorry, Virgil Hunter, I always get the two Virgils confused, but Virgil Hunter was having some health problems, so he decided that he would train with Joe Goosen, and it just, just totally, totally outclassed Phil, Logre- Phil Logreco in about 40 seconds of the first round. Just, oh, you know, where has this Amir Khan been? This is incredible. I, you know, I want to see this Amir Khan fight again. And then as soon as the fight's done, Kel Brook is in the ring. And now they're talking about making a fight between Kel Brook and Amir Khan. Those two have been somewhat rivals for you know there's been a bit of back and forth between those two forever but if the if they can finally make a fight materialize between the two i think that'd be great i think that uh i I think that'd be good for boxing it'd be very entertaining and who knows how this amir khan would do against uh kel brook at the at this time i think it'd be very interesting to watch and see and i hope that fight can be made As someone who didn't make the case for a new trainer improving their craft inside the ring was Adrian Broner, as he and Jesse Vargas battled to what some might argue was an unlikely draw, as a lot of people saw Jesse Vargas winning the fight. I I do see that argument, and I did have uh, Vargas winning the fight by two points, but at the same time, as I was watching the fight... I did think, oh, Adrian's closing closing the gap, and it, it seemed that after a while, it, in the middle rounds, that uh, Vargas had kind of slowed down. He he was doing very good work in the first round. I was landing these in oh these brutal body shots, just landing them on Adrian, and Adrian would sometimes be countering with left hooks to the head, and it, it seemed like he was really closing the gap with these. Uh, these uh, sharper punches later in the fight and credit to both guys they they took those punches but in the end you've got a majority decision draw i believe it was uh, adelaide bird who scored the fight for broner and the other two judges had it both scored a draw so that leaves us with what's next for both of these guys as you might know it wasn't supposed to be Jesse Vargas fighting Adrian Broner. Originally, it was supposed to be Omar Figueroa, but that 
got uh, postponed, I think because Figueroa got injured. So Vargas comes in. So now that it's uh, Broner and Vargas, the question is what's next for both guys? Well, uh, Jim Jim Gray for Showtime, he was asking both guys after the fight. And unfortunately, he, he should have gotten them separated before he decided to start asking questions. I beat your ass. Look at his face. It looked like I beat him with that beat my uh, Martin Luther King with, man. Adrian, I don't want to guess what's going on in that organism you call a brain, but is it possible that you meant Rodney King and not Martin Luther King? I I, I don't know, to be honest, but I'm going to say that you meant uh, Rodney King. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm an honest man. We went at it for 12 rounds. That's what we're going to edit that game. We can do it again. We're going to edit this game. I beat your ass. We can do it again. I beat your ass like you stole something. I beat your ass like you got suspended from school. I beat your ass like you stole my bike. We're going to get tomorrow if you want. I don't know why Adrian Broner got terribly upset about Jesse Vargas uh, saying that they went at it for 12 rounds. He was calling it gay for some reason, and I I, I didn't understand that. I, I just thought he's... He's saying that you guys went at it for 12 rounds, not that you guys went at each other. I mean, I don't even know if that's gay. To, to be quite honest, I don't know. I don't have a homosexual around to consult. So, you know, and I don't want to do some uh, lispy gay impression, even though that would be pretty funny. I'm just worried I'm going to offend the wrong person. But uh, I, I don't know what Broner's going on about. But he, he's, he's very adamant that he thinks he won the fight, even though his corner was telling him going into the 12th round, you need a knockout. So... I don't know. Maybe Broner thinks they're gay too. What changed things from the early rounds to those? I got warmed up. I got warmed up, and I started putting hands on him. Point blank period. Were you a different fighter with Kevin Cunningham in your corner? Did things, the big changes that you had looked for, were you able to enact them? You're a different fighter with that different suit on. Did things change when you changed that old ass suit? You can tell that Broner's uncomfortable with a line of questioning because. Well, the, the the response speaks for itself. I mean, what the hell does Jim Gray's suit have to do with anything? It wasn't it wasn't something outrageous like you would see Don Cherry wearing on Hockey Night in Canada. It's just, oh, you know what? Screw you. Well, your suit's old and stupid, and don't say that we went at it because that's not gay. I don't know what he's going for. It's almost kind of like he's a comedian who used to be kind of entertaining, but now doesn't have any new material, and you start to realize his shtick wasn't that funny to begin with. I think that's a lot of people with Adrian Broner. And am I referring to just his antics inside the ring? Who knows? I don't have any different trainers or any different tailors. Was your trainer a help this evening? Um, of course. Um, I want to thank Coach Kevin Cunningham. And I want to give the biggest thanks to him and the biggest, one of the biggest thanks to my original coach, Mike Stafford, for understanding I needed to do something different and just stay in my corner. So, you know, um, I got to give a good thanks to that. Final thought. Would you like to fight Vargas again based on this draw? Hell yeah, but, but let's go to my town. You know, you know, I, I want to fight him where I'm from. There's hella Mexicans and shit in here. Everybody keep booing me and shit. They want rice and chicken. I want some motherfuckers that want some conies around me. All right. Adrian, thank you. Adrian Broner. If his mouth was a weapon, he'd probably still be undefeated. Moving on. Friends, is it possible to change a fight's venue, you know, within less than a month's notice? 
do little to promote it in a area that's not really known for having the deepest love for boxing and somehow expect it to be a success well that's what the people behind badu jack and adonis stevenson are going to find out it was announced earlier this week that stevenson versus jack is not going to be taking place in montreal where a lot of adonis stevenson's fights have been taking place in the past few years but rather it is now going to be taking place in toronto this this kind of puzzles me to be quite honest um first of all i'm not sure if uh if uh, Jack's promoters, and that's Mayweather Promotions, whether they're worried about some kind of uh, hometown bias or something while they're in Montreal, I mean, it doesn't matter. If you're Canadian and, you know, you're fighting in Canada, you, you're you're considered the hometown favorite, okay? It, that, it's just how it works, okay? If, if you're fighting abroad, don't matter. But I, I don't know why they're fighting in Toronto, it's just absolutely puzzling to me. Uh, the fight's going to be taking place Saturday, May 19th. They have got, you know, pretty much three weeks to to put together this fight. And I don't know a lot of people in Toronto who are going to be watching this fight. I don't know a lot of people in Toronto who know who Adonis Stevenson is. It's definitely not the case in Montreal or anywhere in Quebec. But I, I don't understand what they're doing. Now, uh, Badu Jack, as you know, a former titleist at super middleweight and light heavyweight, Adonis Stevenson, he's held the light heavyweight championship since 2013. He had that knockout of Chad Dawson, and he's held the WBC title ever since. Uh, for the record, uh, Badu Jack has the WBA light heavyweight title. But uh, I don't think that the WBA title is going to be on the line this fight against Stevenson. Like I said, taking place at the Air Canada Center in Toronto. <sighs> Even though the, we still got some ways to go for this fight. I, just looking at both guys, I, I think that the edge goes to Stevenson. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, Andrew, you're signed with the Canadian. You know, shame on you. Well... It's kind of hard not to. Yeah, Stevenson is 40, and he will be turning 41 in September. But, yeah, I get it. He hasn't fought in almost a year. But at the same time, in his last fight against Andrew Fonfara, he was at his absolute best. Certainly near it. I mean, my gosh, he, he was just... That was assault, what he did against Andrew Fonfara. And, yikes, I, I don't know what Fonfara was thinking or what Virgil Hunter, Fonfara's trainer at the time, was thinking with the advice he gave, but regardless, it you know, Stevenson was just brutal that night. It's a bit of a shame that he hasn't been able to fight since then, but he's fighting Jack now. Jack, as you know, record of 22 wins, one loss, two draws, 13 wins coming by way of knockout. That only loss on his record came in uh, February of 2014 when he got knocked out in the first round by Derek Edwards. And that is what is making me lean towards Adonis Stevenson in this fight, if if I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, Derek Edwards, you know, at the time he had a record of, I think it was 20, 
26 wins. Yeah, 26 wins, three losses, one draw. And in in the uh, four years since, it's just been nothing but losses for Derek Edwards. And he's got 14 knockouts to his record. But if you go back and watch that fight, Edwards versus Jack, it's not a big shot that he drops Jack in the first round with. It's just a short counter right hand. It just catches Jack, and Jack seems more stunned and surprised than anything else. And not stunned and surprised like a, oh my god, what the hell happened? It almost looks like he's laughing when he gets up. It's kind of like, holy cow, did I get knocked down? What the heck was that? And he doesn't even seem too hurt when the referee stops the fight, but... With the way that Stevenson's been so aggressive in his fight with Von Farah, and not that uh, not that uh, Jack has doesn't have his own aggressiveness. I mean, he beat Nathan, uh, Nathan Cleverly, and uh, not uh, he uh, stopped him in round five of their of their fight. And you have to remember that was Jack moving up to uh, the light heavyweight division after so much time at super middleweight very similar to how <clears throat> Adonis Stevenson took the light heavyweight championship from Chad Dawson back in 2013 he was constantly fighting at middleweight but nobody none of the big names wanted to fight him he moves up n- knocks out Chad Dawson in one round spectacular fashion i'm still leaning towards Stevenson it's just very hard for me not to I'm looking forward to this fight. I was hoping that my dad would be willing to go to this fight, sort of act as Boxing for Free's senior correspondent for this fight. And when I say senior correspondent, not, not that my dad knows anything about boxing. He's just he's just very old. Dwight Eisenhower was president when he was born, so, you know, fill in the blanks there. But uh, unfortunately, he's not going to be able to do that. He, he said that, you know, if he does go to see a fight, he'd want me to be with him. Probably to understand, or rather to explain to him who's winning. It's kind of like, Dad, you see that guy who's unconscious and blood all over his face? I, I, I think he lost the fight. I don't know. <laughs> no, my dad's not that that he's not that bad at uh, analyzing a fight. But uh, no, that is something he wanted to do. And if I had more notice about this, I might have actually scheduled time off from work. I might have told my boss, "Hey, um, you know how you told me in my evaluation how I'm doing such a such a a stupendous job? How I'm you know kind of the example that all others should look to." She did say that, not in so many words, but either way, I've got a bunch of vacation money saved up. I would have loved to have flown out to Toronto, you know, taken a fight, and who knows? But unfortunately, due to the lackluster planning and promotion of this fight, that's not going to happen. So, shame on you. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know what uh, PBC, Mayweather Promotions, and... Adonis Stevenson's promoters are thinking, but th- this could have been handled a lot better. If it was taking place in Montreal, that wouldn't be a problem. But, you know, I, Toronto is just not a boxing town. It's not. It's hockey. They like putting their faith into the Toronto Maple Leafs. And as you saw in their, you know, their last game against Boston, the best thing that the Leafs are good at is taking that faith that the fans have 
and then squandering it. Okay, that, that's all I'm going to talk about hockey because I just saw a lot of Toronto fans crying and saying, oh, Toronto let us down again. That's what they're good at. Toronto is good at failing you. Either way, uh, yeah, I can't go to the fight, unfortunately. Not enough time. My dad can't go, but uh, hopefully one of us will be able to cover it if and when the fight happens. Regardless, at this point, I am still leaning towards Stevenson. Okay, that's enough fun. Who wants to review a movie? Once in a generation, a special fighter enters the ring. More than a boxer, he transcends his sport. Brutal. Brilliant. Unbeaten. But now a shadow falls across the ring. A challenger emerges more dangerous than before. At Wembley Stadium, Britain's Anthony Joshua faces Vladimir Klitschko for the heavyweight championship of the world. British golden boy against the man who held the title for almost a decade. It's the biggest live event in the history of British boxing. A fight that could make Anthony Joshua a global icon. It's a fight that Anthony Joshua could lose. Anthony Joshua, The Road to Klitschko, is a documentary that appeared on my Netflix feed a few weeks ago, and it took me a while to watch it because I thought that it would just be a kind of, uh, almost kind of like those old uh, Countdown 2 specials that HBO used to do, but this was more of a fly on the wall in the lead up to Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko, which happened almost a year ago today. It was... This was better than I uh, was really expecting it to be because it doesn't even start uh, with Klitschko. It starts with fights from uh, Joshua's past, like Dylan White. And what's funny is that it shows like the lead-up to the fight and also what Joshua is like afterwards. He admits that he got clocked in that fight. He says, you know, I got careless, but, you know, I dug deep and discovered my character. He keeps going back to character a lot, I found. But you also get to see that afterwards. He admits, you know, I was rocked, and he's joking around with his friends. Like, he he's play-acting, he's wobbling, like, who hit me, who hit me? And it, it it's just a lot of fun. And you see that, you know, Joshua is, a, he, at least he seems to be a very decent guy and very down to earth too. And it's hard to believe that he has not been boxing his whole life because, well, he's just so, so damn good at it at the moment. And you also get some very nice personal moments too, uh, there's a moment in February of last year that's covered in this documentary where he goes to his old amateur trainer. And this is just as he's about to begin the training camp for the fl- for the fight against Klitschko. And, uh, you know, they're, they're talking, they're reminiscing about, you know, how he was in the past before he got 
became very disciplined. And then there's something at the end that, you know, just shows like, holy crap, what, what, what a class act. I'll play that for you. I've got something for you in the car as well, Sean. Look at that. Finchley ABC, Sean. What the fuck, man? <laughs> That's your motor. Huh? That's this is your you, life? Man. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm serious. Honestly. Yeah, yeah man. I'll be scared to drive it. There's a little contract on it that you can't sell it in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Josh saying to me a long time ago, I'll look after you, but you don't Stop expect it. Him just winning the world title was enough for me, do you know what I mean? Josh! Someone's going to have to show me how to fucking start it. That's just me. I like personal moments like that where you kind of, you know, these guys kind of got their shields down. They're they're not putting on an act or anything. I really like stuff like this. And if I do have any, I don't even want to say complaints, but maybe some nitpicks. The first one is kind of minor. I wish that uh, there had been a bit more, uh, some some bit of an even focus on Vladimir Klitschko and how he was, what he was doing in the lead up to this. But I get it. This is not a program about Vladimir Klitschko. This is more about Anthony Joshua and his coming out party against Vladimir Klitschko, which. You know what? I think it elevated both guys. Joshua, obviously, more since he won, but I think it did elevate Klitschko in a lot of people's eyes. But my uh, the other uh, nitpick I have, and this could even count as a complaint, is that it's called Anthony Joshua, The Road to Klitschko. And you're probably thinking, okay, you know, we're, we're going to get to Klitschko. Yeah, we're going to get the, to the Klitschko fight, and we do. It's not like as soon as Anthony Joshua walks out to the ring that cuts to black and the credits start to roll. But at the same time, the bell rings for round one, and I look at the timer, and there's only eight minutes left in the documentary. That's not including credits. So I thought, hmm... You know, wouldn't it have been nice to have, you know, seen what he was like uh, afterwards at the press conference? You know, did he speak to Klitschko personally afterwards? I know that there's that great photo of them in the ring together. And, yeah, there are some scenes where Joshua's holding Klitschko's hand in the air, you know, celebrating him. But I just kind of wish that there had been more of the fight and more after the fight. But, uh... Regardless of that, I think that this is a very well-done documentary. As far as I know, it is available on Netflix Canada, as well as Netflix US, but if you're like Justin and you have some bizarre, unexplainable reason as for why you cannot watch this documentary, I I would recommend it to everyone. I think it's good, and it might be one that I might watch again, but uh, that's just me. Anyway, that is all I have for you this week. I have got to get ready because the Calgary Expo is this weekend and... Oh God, here we go again. Dork alert. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I'm a massive dork. But I'm sorry. I think they really should have invited uh, the cast of Deep Space Nine. I mean, 2018 is the 25th anniversary of the show. And, you know, ever since it's ended, its reputation has grown. And a lot of people say that it is one of the best series in the whole franchise if not the best of all of trek so either way i'm still gonna have fun but regardless i am gonna try to be back next week i do want to do a podcast 
Uh, talking about Linares versus Lomachenko, I do want to talk about that as best as I can. And I, who knows, I might have a special guest star with me for that podcast. You never know. You never know. But uh, anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Ad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Major, shut that thing off. Commander Worf, prepare to launch torpedoes.